0: Welcome to Overcrest Broadcasting from the official winter winter headquarters of America. It is officially winter outside. <laughs> is that uh, where we are? I'm Chris and I'm Jake. And yeah, it absolutely is. I feel like this is it. We had that first snow like a couple weeks ago. Yep. which didn't really count. Melted. Didn't really count. I drove a 911 around after that anyway. Right now, well, it
1: got up to like seventy some degrees out
0: again. So it's officially winter. And, yeah, we got snow outside. It's cold. You know, it's 20 degrees. Yeah. And I was really depressed on the way down here. Yeah. I'm driving in this in this car that I I don't really like, yep. which I think there's an exhaust leak in the TDI. Oof. So I just, I'm smelling diesel all yep. the time. Yeah. And I, I warm it up. I go out there. I get it. I'm like, yeah. I mean, it's just really smells like diesel in there. And uh, once you drive, it's okay. But it's just this, always this lingering smell. And I just. Right. So that's no good. It's bad for morale. Plus, what is the number one what is the number one fluid you need in your car in winter? The number the most important fluid oh, other than other your than fluid. gasoline. Yeah, or washer fluid. Washer sure. fluid. And of course, oh no. I get in the car, I start driving, ding, no washer <laughs> fluid. And I'm late. <laughs> You know I'm late because we were meeting Joel Fetter for our episode that we have on Monday, which is fun. Jeopardy, amazing episode. episode. Automotive Jeopardy, Automotive Jeopardy, really great. Yep. And I'm like, well, I can't stop. So yeah, of course. And
1: on the dash, is it? It's the Mark IV, so it yeah, has the a little, little spray, the yeah. little spray icon. No, and that's Audi does that. You're right. Mark IV does not do that. You're right. Mark IV does not. Audi does that. And I have a story where Nikki, was the first time driving a <laughs> B5 S4. Yeah.
0: She says, why? Let me guess what she she goes. Why is somebody
1: jizzing on my on the <laughs> no, display? She She pulls over. She calls me. She goes, the car dinged a lot, and now there's a sign of the dashboard that, like, the engine's blowing up or something. (laughs) She's like, I don't know what it is. She tried to describe it to me. I was like, does it look like washer fluid? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yes, yes, it does. The engine's blowing up. It is
0: the most important thing you can have because driving when there's salty spray, if Californians have never dealt with this or any of you guys, it is the worst. It is the worst because you have to drive... You, can't, you have to drive close to people so you can have water on your windshield so that you can see. <laughs> so you're always having to drive somebody. So you're driving in this misty, salty drizzle so your windshield wipers will work. Because as soon as you move out of that and they dry, it leaves this white residue all right. over the windshield. Yeah, it's like have, trying to
1: drive through fog.
0: I have, no, I have no visibility in the car right now. It smells like diesel. It takes forever to warm up. Yep. It's, it's dreary out. It's dreary. It's cold out. Cold. It is... And then you come to the bad. studio yeah. What? and a beacon,
1: a bright light of happiness. Chris. It was
0: seriously depressing. Like we arrived at the same time, like yep. pretty much at the same time. I'm driving up in this smelly old, just rattled can and you're in, in this 996 turbo, which bright consequently yellow. you're destroying something nice. And I'm preserving something nice by not driving. Something I have been nice.
1: getting so much flack for driving that 996. How do you feel well? about that? It's, it's a car. Drive it. How, let me ask you this. In that way, I should drive by 911. Uh, slightly different. Okay. Why? Because as we've talked about, the older cars, they're not galvanized, mm-hmm. right? They, first of all, don't handle very well in the snow. Yeah, they're tough. You know, it depends. Right. No, the way I look at it is how am I destroying, as everyone is saying, this car any more than I'm destroying like my Macan or any other car out on well, the road Well, your Macan right
0: is now. is definitely not a special car. Right. But some pe- some people would describe your Speed Yellow 996 Turbo, which is a $60,000 car, performance car, that they didn't make a zillion of. I mean, they right. make plenty, but it is a special car.
1: But how is it? Is it being, quote, destroyed any more than any other car on the road? Oh, here? Yeah. Well, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not like I'm doing anything terrible that everyone else is doing driving on the Yeah, road. but
0: everybody else is driving in a Accord. Or a Camry or a Prius. Most new trucks
1: out there are $60,000. You know what I mean? Yeah, but even value-wise.
0: Okay, so that's just, it's a part, the formula is not one thing. The formula is many things. First of all, it is a sports car. (laughs) Second of all, it is a Porsche. right. Third of all, it's one of it's a very special Porsche. A lot of people really love that car. Yeah, so I do too. A,
1: That's why I'm driving it. I
0: understand. And I'm on your side, but yeah. I'm just trying to be devil's advocate here and say, yes, it's a very special car to a lot of people. A lot of people would love to have that car. Yep. And they don't have that car. Yep. So then they put it up on a pedestal because it's one of the cars that they cannot have. Right. And then they see you driving around in the salt, introducing, you know, entropy and corrosion to that car way sooner than it ever needed to happen. And I'm just flicking everyone off as like, oh. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. Screw However, you. However, it is just, how is it? I mean, you're, you're, it's a 400 horsepower all-wheel drive car with snow tires.
1: It's gotta the thing be, is like a snowmobile, Chris. It's got to be awesome. With the all-wheel drive in it, first of all, the traction control never worked right without the front drive shafts right. in place because
0: it's like uh... yeah,
1: it, I, basically it like goes into error mode and cuts power. Whereas this, even with uh, traction control on, you can floor it, get on boost, it, the rear wheels, it's basically. Lose traction right away, and right. the front then starts to. And pull these are twelve-inch in wide line. wheels, right? Uh, the winters I have eleven. Oh, oh, only okay. Yeah, okay. it's only eleven. So, back there. do you think that that's the? Other I'm always I say under it's this like impression a snowmobile is because it's just like tracks back there.
0: Well, that's the thing is there's there's got to be this. You can have a really w- narrow tire, right. like a really narrow tire right. that cuts right through the pavement. Yep. Little pizza cutter, little right. little Nokia and a little something, you know, yeah. like a you know the one eighty five or whatever you're yep. gonna run. Or you can have like a, what do you have three hundred fives? What are those things?
1: Two ninety five on okay, the eleven. Okay, so two
0: ninety five on the eleven. Yeah,
1: that's got to be like pretty good too. Having all of that weight, all well, of that, that and contact patch. Pirelli Soto zero threes or whatever it is. So like it's a good winter tire as well. So it just launches. It's it, great. Yeah, it, like much more than I would have thought. Any empty parking lots yet with the tracks? Oh, no, because off? the one time we had enough snow on the ground, I was too lazy to go out. at, like. 10 p.m. or whenever it was. Yeah, well, that's the time you have to. I know. You know, we're going to have to take
0: that thing over to Opus. What is Opus? You you don't know what Opus is? I do not know what Opus is. Lots of Minnesota listeners right now are screaming at their radio. Opus Uh is a one-way... Business Oh, park. I've been over there, yeah. Yeah, it's where it's, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. It basically is a racetrack. Yeah. If you look at it from above, it is a racetrack. And yeah. the nice thing is that it's all one way. So you can just drive around in the snow, rip around, yeah. all kinds of empty parking lots. I've been chased out of parking lots there many, many times <laughs> by guys with plows that are coming <laughs> through yep, the plow. I,
1: I came through, or I went uh, in the summer with my old 911 a couple years ago there.
0: Yeah, it, it is. It is awesome. In the snow, even better. I don't go there in the dry because you're just driving like a total asshole on, in, in some yeah. business park which is usually empty at night of course. Right. But in the in the, in the snow, it's it's absolutely <laughs> incredible. It's all these turns back and forth, lefts, rights, you know, you can connect all these things and usually you're you're worried about oncoming traffic, you know, right. it, this is it's amazing. It's yeah. the best place. We'll have to go over there.
1: So, I I was having this conversation with one of our friends and he was like, "So, how how is the the turbo in the snow?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's amazing. It's like I was telling you." And he goes, "But you're coming from an RS4, which has more horsepower." And has Audi Quattro, which is supposed to be legendary. How is that any better? I go, truthfully, I'm sure it's not better, but it has so much more drama to it because you have the boost coming on and like the traction is so different than an Audi where it's just... Well, the weight balance is completely inverted. So it's, it's like throttle, little boost leg, then it comes on, everything you know, breaks loose and then all of a sudden hooks up again. Right. It's like, it's really
0: fun. Yeah. It's first, it's like having a steady girlfriend that she, she, comes home, she makes you dinner. It's really, really good versus the, <laughs> versus the girl versus
1: that is the psycho versus, <laughs> versus
0: the girl standing there in underwear with chicken nuggets. You know, when you open the door, you're like, well, both of these things are really good, but a
1: for treat. now I'm going to go with the, with the hot chick with the chicken nuggets and standing <laughs> exactly. there in underwear. <laughs> so Chris, you had asked the other week about the old, about uh, Patreon.
0: Did we ask about Patreon? Is that what you were about to just ask me? No. Yes, Patreon. Remind everybody to go over to patreon.com slash overcrest. Support the show. We would really appreciate it. It's five bucks. And if you're not going to do that, at least head over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. We would really appreciate that, appreciate that as well. If you want to just show your support that way, we would really, really appreciate it. There's a Patreon app out there. Google has it. Google Android has it. Okay, um, cool. Apple has it. So you can if you want to, you can listen to the podcast there, yeah, which is the released fly. early.
1: Yes, it is. So you get, this you episode get
0: exclusive early. content every yep. month. Yep. So you can just basically, just like you would use any other podcast app, it's right there. You can download everything, exclusive content. We would love to have you support the show. And again, please leave us a five-star review. That would really, really help us out if you're using iTunes or wherever it is that you're doing it.
1: So what did I I ask you last week? You asked me the other week about that old tread depth penny trick, right? Right. And of course
0: you've gotten carried away.
1: I am so I was, like, I was like, oh yeah, I should talk about that. Cause you know, it's an old way of basically measuring your tread depth. So I wrote way too much and researched way too much about just tire tread. Right. And here we go. <laughs> <laughs> let's go, let's do it. Tell me all about it. All right, so I, like I said, I thought I'd put together a full segment here on tread depth. So the minimum recommended tread depth for any road car tire is two 30 seconds of an inch. Okay, so that's the minimum. In dry conditions, with no
0: rain, no snow, nothing, right? I mean, that is well, the minimum it's wear bar.
1: Yeah, it's what's recommended. Okay, that's as low as you can take your tires for regular driving.
0: In 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 the dry. I mean, we're, when we're talking about snow, it's much, much. Well, snow and, yes. but Anything, it's much more.
1: Even for all-season tires, they say you can take them down to that point. Right, but and they don't. Actually, that's the legal limit as well, the legal minimum. Okay. So like in states where you have to have your car, uh, like inspected. Um, I've driven around Minneapolis and seen tires that definitely do not meet right. this legal. minimum. And so technically in the that's winter illegal. and there's the
0: tw- 20 inch. What, is, is nobody inspecting any of this? No. You know what? I think every cop should walk up with a tire gauge when he pulls you over for something else and go, poof, and then they just stick his little or his, uh, his little penny head, stick right. him on the tire and just
1: how much is the penny head when you're looking at Lincoln's head and the penny, Yes. Yeah, so it, that's the way that you get to this. So most people don't have an actual tread depth gauge. I do. But someone discovered that a penny makes a pretty good measuring device. You see, from the top of the coin to the top of Lincoln's head is exactly 2 30 seconds of an inch. So the old trick is to put a penny on its end into your tire's tread, position it so that Lincoln's head is facing down, and then if you can fully see his head, your tread is too low. Right. Now, so now you know. Right. But... This is common knowledge. I mean yes. that's that's fairly common knowledge.
0: That Brought do you up, think do you think it would be? You know we do very little inspections here. We in, do with cars no inspections not very little. Well, other states do. No, well, no states do. Oh, I thought
1: you meant here in Minnesota. I just no. mean in
0: general. We do very little. We're not right. like uh, the guys in England where they have in Germany and stuff like that like where they MOT and, MOT and very yeah. very very strict. Even Japan's even crazier, right? Yeah could we at least just check people's tires? That would be ideal. Yeah. Can we I just, 100% think we should. We should just be checking people's tires. And then, of course, you go, well, maybe they can't afford tires. I'm like, well, then maybe they shouldn't be driving. Yeah. You know, because it's that's one thing on the car that is 100% endangering others. 100%. I've seen guys driving around with 30-inch chrome rims with summer tires that are bald in winter.
1: Yeah. How is, how, yeah. No, I, how is I that allowed? So this brought up the question, Chris, why does tread depth? really matter in the first place. So tire tread is an interesting concept. The whole point of tread siping, which is actually the little grooves, is to increase traction. But on regular roads, what's it actually doing? Because we have slicks have no siping. Exactly. Right. So what are we up to here? So if you're in the mud or snow, big aggressive tread blocks make sense. That seems logical, right? You're able to basically dig through loose ground to provide traction. Think of it mat. as
0: in jumping into the snow with your shoes or jumping into the snow with your uh with snowshoes on. Obviously, you're going to penetrate the snow better with with a narrower uh, contact patch, which is the tread block than right. if you were if you just had no tread well, blocks. Well, I'm
1: talking just like physical lugs on a big mud tire. Think of it. That seems logical. It's like you're scooping through the mud, sure. right? That sure. makes sense. But on normal roads, that really isn't needed. The reason tread is needed is for single purpose, Chris. Water. Water you see is a fluid, and according to physics, if you remember, a fluid cannot be compressed. Yeah, that's how hydraulic pumps work. Exactly. This means that if your tire is moving faster, than water can be pushed out of its path. Your tire would simply ride on top of the fluid. This is, of course, what hydroplaning or aquaplaning. Is. Yeah. Yeah. If you
0: ever experienced it, it's not it great. It is. It's sketchy. And I remember the first time I had the the nine eleven, my white nine eleven, my SC, yep. and I would, had never driven them before. Right. I had no idea. Like, hey, it's raining out. Maybe I should put keep a little bit more gas in the front. The thing was hydroplaning everywhere on a low tank and a huge snowstorm. It was terrifying. And that
1: still had good tires. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's not fun. So instead, the grooves or siping in a tire's tread, channel water out of the tire's path, maintaining contact with the road surface, and therefore traction so why you may ask not just simply make the tread of a tire super deep right because that would evacuate more water well, it's it would ru- last we're rubber. Longer. We're talking about here right why wouldn't you just make it deeper yeah well it's gonna wiggle all over the place yeah it's actually an effect called tread squirm chris <laughs> I know. And it means that the torsional stability of the tread section is not enough to prevent side-to-side motion at the given tread height. Now, there are two problems that basically this creates. So it's got to be a compromise at all times. It is. So the first problem with this tread squirm is that handling is basically super unpredictable. When you turn the steering wheel and your tire turns, then... Some variable amount of time later, the tread is actually catching up with the motion of the road. And it actually, basically, it's wobbling on top of tall tire tread. The second problem... You get that with tall sidewalls, too. You too, yeah. And it's exacerbated when it's basically just your tread blocks that are doing that. The second problem is heat buildup. So tire squirm causes friction on itself. It's basically moving in itself, which builds heat in the
0: tread. You know what's insane is, think about this. When you're looking at a tire and you're driving down the road next to someone, you can see it, you look at the tire, maybe it's a little bit flat. Yeah, and you look at this tire, and you go, "Wow, it's a little bit flat." But then think about what's actually happening to that tire. <laughs> Every time it makes one revolution, it's, it's flexing one yep. time. So it's flexing in and out, just an in- incredible amount of time. Yeah. That's what causes like a blowout is the heat. Yep, from the flexing. In and out of the tire it's right. not just like a tire is just flat sitting on the ground as you look at it it's physically going up and down over right. and over and over and over and yeah, over it's, again it's crazy to and that flexing that. and the rubber stretching in and
1: out same thing here is what's exactly. causing the heat yep and the heat isn't able to dissipate you'd think oh well it's spinning really fast it's getting cooled down but every time it spins it's heating up more right that leads to the coefficient of friction falling off rapidly reducing traction so if the only reason for tread is to dissipate water Here's what I've always wondered. Wouldn't bald tires technically offer more grip, at least in the dry? You would think so. Because slicks. Well, all things being equal, in theory, that would actually be the case. So if you think about it, let's say that a tire surface is 10% tread blocks and siping in between it. That means it'll have 10% less contact patch than... Basically, a slick tire of the You want as much friction surface as possible. Exactly. When it comes to a dry, smooth surface, the larger the contact patch, the greater the coefficient of friction and therefore greater traction. But here's the problem. Generally, when a tire becomes bald, it's because it's old and has been driven on for a long time. Or you've done a lot of burnouts. A lot of burnouts, yes. So that affects the actual compound of the rubber. It becomes hardened, which reduces the coefficient coefficient of friction and therefore traction but chris say you took a brand new set of tires and shaved off all the tread they would in fact be better at gripping in the dry than if it was just with all the tread in place
0: right just because it's a new rubber with exactly. no tread block wiggling all over the place which with the, brings with the, with the wiggle squirm with <laughs> <the> tread, squirm. <laughs> tread squirm tread squirm yes
1: which brings me to the lost art of tire shaving People still do this, don't they? Like an autocross and stuff like that, don't they? Yes. So before the days of radial tires, tire manufacturing was not a very accurate process. And new tires actually came with a lot of extra tread and were basically out of round. So you need to have your installer shave tread off to make them circular or true when mounting them up to your wheel. So back in the 50s, every tire shop would basically have a tire shaving machine as well. Today, they're basically non-existent you can't find these things except they do still have their use so as you mentioned a lot of the autocross guys will shave down their tires. And in the spec Miata series, for example, racers are course, required to run- Of course, run, the Miata guys of are the ones the Miata shaving Miata guys the tires. are hardcore.
0: Yeah, there's, we got to shave the tires. We need to just, we have like four horsepower. So we got <laughs> to <gotta> find something.
1: We got to find something elsewhere. Well, here's what they do. So they're required to run a specific spec tire, the Toyo Proxy. And it's a great like street legal R compound tire. <laughs> loose, loosely street legal. I mean, the thing
0: is, has hardly any tread.
1: No, no, this one actually does have decent tread. You're oh, thinking of like a, I forget what you were thinking of, but the Toyo Proxy RA1, it, it looks thread. just like a R compound. Type. Okay. Um, so it has great, uh, grip as is, but it'll yield even more traction when shaved down from full tread to basically half tread. A lot of these come pre-shaved too. If you, if you look you can at order the, them. Yeah. If such. you
0: look at some of the tires they're like, hey, this tread, this only has this much tread depth right. on the tire. So they're already telling you, hey, this thing's half worn out already right. theoretically, but hey, it's what you it want. You don't have to do anything. You don't have traction. to. Yeah. yeah so many of these and-
1: hardcore Miata guys will buy a brand new set of tires like that and have them shaved down. And what's also interesting is there's another usage for tire shaving. Yeah. Let's say you have a uh, Audi or something that has an all-wheel drive system that needs to all be in perfect sync as far as rolling diameter of the tires. Yep. Let's say you've driven it for, I don't know, 20,000 miles. Your tires are partially worn, but still good. And you have a flat. Well, either you have to replace all of the tires or you get one tire and you can have it shaved down to match the diameter of the other three.
0: I've never... I mean, it's, it's if you have something that is necessary for that, I guess it's probably good. Because you have to have the... For the differential, right? Exactly. You have to have the same yeah. resistance. Which
1: like, I learned on this turbo, that's not necessary. Why? Because that's the way the differential is well, set up. Well, it doesn't up. have a torsion differential. It exactly. has, has something else. Exactly. All right. So when it comes to your daily, though, let's make sure you still have Lincoln's head worth of tread. Yeah. Let's not shave the daily tires. No, let's not. All right. Before we get into the news, Chris, let's talk about our sponsor, Akin Driving Gear. I am wearing my Akin shoes right now. They were founded by true enthusiasts who create every day. Actually, you're, you're barefoot right now. what well, not barefoot. The I shoes are there, off. but you're, you wore them I today. I took my shoes off to be comfortable. I understand. Not that they aren't comfortable. They are very comfortable. Yeah, but we've been here for hours. Yes, we have. So, Akin, founded by enthusiasts who create everyday gear that celebrates the act of driving. Most driving shoes are designed for track days and are very, very uncomfortable. But Akin wanted to change all that since driving deserves good shoes every single day, not just occasionally at the track. Their driving shoes are more versatile than dedicated racing shoes, but are far better than, like, your average running shoe for driving. The Shift is the shoe that I have. That's their model. It's a modern sneaker for those who love to drive. They feature a rounded heel for more comfortable foot movement on the pedals, and unique heel-toe guard prevents scuffing during technical pedal work. Check out the Shift driving shoe along with all their other apparel at akingear.com. That's a k i n gear.com, and be sure to use the code Overcrest for free priority shipping in the U.S. So I was thinking about I didn't I don't have
0: a pair of these yet, and then I was thinking about that you still have my head headphones. I do. You still have my headphones. that yeah. I I got those, uh, the Bowers and Wilkins headphones. I'm like, Hey, why don't you try these for a little
1: bit? Yeah. And what did you think? They're amazing. <laughs> I, so I was joking with you. I was like, I don't like appreciate good quality audio hardware that much because right. I just, I don't listen enough to when I'm listening to music, it's usually for like background or just mood. Right. right. I'm not sitting there focusing like you do sometimes to really analyze do you ever listen to music just sounds. on your phone the phone speakers is oh that, no you can't do that no. okay so you're not no, that guy i'm not definitely okay. not that guy i can't even do it on my computer okay well at so least we've I'm got that somewhere guy. so i put these on you're like these are really good and i had some beats like the beats by dre headphones <laughs> yeah, yeah. and they were they're, they're fine. good they're right? fine and then i put these on and i started exploring playing different music as i was yeah. working the other day wow yeah they're, they're so they're like crisp. They're really clear.
0: Yeah, it's their it's their new their new headphones. I've had I had an old set that I had from for a very long time, and uh, <laughs> needless to say, I don't have a headphone jack on my phone anymore, so I'm not able oh, to use them. So it right. was nice to nice to try these out. I want to I need to get them back from you though, if that's okay. Why? <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. So let's get into a little <laughs> bit of news. All right. All right. So as you know, we have a election going on. What? We have an election going on, and over the weekend, the incoming Biden Harris administration has launched the Build Back Better website. I don't, I don't understand Build Back Better. I build the country back better. Build Back Better. It just doesn't work for me. It uh, the, the covers the primary goals that they're going to be addressing over the, over there next. Their first, they're always talking about the first, you know, two or three months in office, right? What right. are we going to do? What are we going to do? I the don't ne- understand why. It's just honestly propaganda okay. you know this is what we're gonna do we're gonna get everybody excited right about this right out of the gate we're gonna yeah. we're gonna move we're gonna change okay. the world so, well, what do they do by doing exactly the same thing um <laughs> a, a staple focus is going to be urban commuting, commuting which is something apparently this is oh took a little bit of this from the drive is something america is admittedly bad at solving which probably true I and mean, we have a lot of traffic issues we have a lot of problems with um with yeah. the last mile right yes the admi- incoming administration has vowed to solve this problem by heavily investing in the transportation needs inside dense city cities, including micro mobility and even creating public transportation per the Build Back Better site. The, the BBB. It don't, <laughs> they, they, it, we already have the Better Business Bureau, so yeah. I guess we can't call it the nope, BBB. It. Um, so this is what they're going to do. I went and looked at the Build Back Better website uh-huh. um, for transit. This is what they're going to. Okay. the plans are. Provide every American city with 100,000 or more residents with high-quality, zero-emission public transportation options through flexible federal investments with strong labor protections that create good union jobs. And meet the need of the cities, ranging from light rail networks to improving existing transit and bus lines to installing infrastructure for pedestrians and cyclists. Um, Biden loves trains. Okay. This, this man, this is this man loves trains. I mean, trains he, are cool. He trains are fine. Um, <laughs> he he rode the train a lot. He has an Amtrak station named after him. Oh, which, really? Uh, yeah, it's nothing like having a stanchion of a failing insolvent company named after you, but <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of how it goes. Um, well, I mean, there are a lot of Trump towers and Trump casinos that aren't working either. <laughs> yes, that is, that is that is quite that's quite true. Um, today there are an estimated three hundred and seventeen U.S. cities with a population exceeding. 100,000 people for which this promise would be applicable. 317, wow. 317. That's just... How big is the amount of infrastructure? How big is the Twin Cities? Uh, we have in the metro area, I think like two and a half million people, I think. Okay. Uh, so obviously this applies to us. Although yeah. we we have a really crappy light rail where people do drugs as well, so we can we <laughs> so can uh, the rest of these 317 cities can can also participate in the uh, in the in the rolling drug dance. Um, the campaign team says that its efforts will improve. Uh, existing transit solutions that are already implemented across
1: applicable See, cities. They're going to improve it. They're going to
0: make it better. You're going to be able to do even more drugs, which include wow. transit and imagine lines. Oregon,
1: where it's going to be illegal? <laughs> oh my goodness!
0: Uh, they're going to install new infrastructure to cover pedestrian and bicycle traffic. In the auto industry, they're going to create one million new jobs in the American auto industry. They're just going to do this. They're just going to create the jobs. Um, domestic auto supply chains and auto you infrastructure. You seem skeptical, Chris. I hate all this crap. It's bullshit. Um, from parts to materials to electric vehicle charging stations, positioning American auto workers and manufacturers to win the 21st century. We're going to win it. We're going to win the 21st century by putting charging stations. All over the place. They're going to invest in U.S. auto workers to ensure their jobs are good jobs with a choice to join a union. You're, that's I read this Build Back Better thing. It is union, union, union. Yeah. I And mean, it is very, very heavily, heavily union. But, but last but not least, and this is kind of this is what really bothers me about this. Okay. I'm, okay. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, society we're moving towards this EV stuff, right? You know, yes. Yeah. I it cannot be stopped. It is this the the amount of momentum there is behind this. It's, it's happening. Okay? It's happening. Yeah, for sure. However, the last thing on the list, which comes with all of this other stuff, is environmental justice. Okay. They're going to ensure that environmental environmental justice is a key consideration on where, how, and whom we build, creating good union, middle-class jobs, and communities left behind, righting wrongs in communities that bear the brunt of pollution, and lifting up the best ideas from across our great nation in rural, urban, and tribal areas. Yes, there's nothing like using the existential threat of climate change for the restructuring of society. I just, I've been saying this forever that all of this stuff is being used to uh, basically condense power into urban areas and take money and redistribute it from one people to another. And all of these trains, all of these cars, all of this stuff is all connected. And if you're for it, that's fine. You can be in that corner. You can be in that corner where we use environmental climate change to restructure society. Just own it. You just, you got to own it. And I, I really don't like it when the Met Councils and everything like that do these things. Uh, I don't think uh, I don't think a city of 100,000 people needs light rail. It's yeah, just, I it's suppose prob- it's not that it's, big it's, of a city. It's not necessary. I, I firmly believe that the number one way to mobilize yourself in an economy is freedom to travel get in a car and go where the job is. Mm-hmm. Not walk to the bus station, take the bus to the light rail, take the light rail. I used to do this stuff when I lived in San Francisco. It's a nightmare. <laughs> and San Francisco's system is pretty good. The BART, yeah. you've got the BART, you've got the Muni. It's it's not it's easy to get around, sure. but it takes forever. Yeah. Okay, it takes forever. You I cannot imagine having a family while you're doing it. I cannot imagine I cannot imagine having a family and having to ride the subway and um, maybe it works in New York City or something like that. Right. But these cities with 100,000 people that are going to be spread out over, you know, uh, over, you know, miles and miles and miles, square miles of area that it aren't super densely populated. How is this going to work?
1: how are yeah, we what are we why well, it doesn't seem efficient
0: maybe well they, they want they want to be pushing this stuff forward they have to continually make progress and i always rail against progress here i don't <laughs> i don't really like progress that much i don't like progress we don't need progress things are fine but uh <laughs> yeah we're gonna have a, a million new jobs which is great i don't know what they're gonna be for you know when we look at the, what the auto industry yeah, is.
1: yeah there is lacking of specificity. a million new
0: jobs in the auto industry okay we know because uh-huh. we've talked about this many, many times about what's going on in Germany. Is things are becoming so much more simplified,
1: right? That, you that don't the jobs need are actually going
0: away because all the components force. manufacturers, all of the, uh, you know, like Bosch was like, "Holy shit, what are we going to do?" Right? You know, because they manufacture all these different systems that that Aren't operate going all these different. They're not going to be needed, sc- needed, be needed anymore. So how? Where are this? Where are a million jobs doing what? Winding copper? Like, where are these jobs going to be coming from? That would suck as a job. Whatever. I'm sure there's a guy that could get by winding copper. I'm not against some dude that wants to wind copper. Great, I, but I, there's not a million jobs <laughs> doing it. I'll tell you that right now. Um, I've also noticed that in a press release from uh, Volkswagen, this is via Reuters, Volkswagen loves Biden. Okay. They love him. They love Biden. They, right. Why do you say that? Well, uh, Volkswagen chief executive Herbert Deese on fr- Thursday said a victory by Democrat Joe Biden in the U.S. presidential race. He was very careful to say if he wins. Uh. At least some people are still. Uh, Wondering, um, it would better suit the German carmaker's uh, car efforts to mass produce electric cars across the globe. A democratic program would be more aligned with our worldwide strategy to fight climate change to go electric. D said on Bloomer webcast on Thursday, presidential candidate Joe Biden moved closer to victory in the U.S. election, blah, blah, blah. VW is in the midst of a global push to launch electric vehicles in China, the United States and Europe and is betting on economies of scale to make battery driven cars more affordable. The United States, when it comes to market share, is the weakest region in the world for Volkswagen. Um, oh, Deese added sure. that Volkswagen had established a trustful relationship with the administration of the of uh, U.S. President Donald Trump and that the prospect of trade tensions between the United States and other parts of the world will remain, even if Biden won. So he was kind of playing both sides of the fence there, which right. you're seeing a lot of people doing right now. Is like They're like, yeah, Biden. Well, I mean, in, yeah, in Biden, any good business kind of case, you have to hedge you, your you, ha- you have to. Yeah, that's what that's called. That's what, what you're telling me. Uh-huh. So what this Deese guy is telling me is that the company that's invested 40 to 60 billion dollars in EV is happy that a guy that wants to completely restructure the United States to an EV and carbon neutral country is pleased <laughs> color me surprised
1: i mean yeah not really news but i just it's it just I, goes we understand into the, you're upset about it i'm not i'm not i am
0: <laughs> I, am, I, I am. okay so here's the thing it's this is all this all goes together all this corporatism this cronyism of course volkswagen's really happy about biden they're going to get him in they're going to okay. sell their cars here so you've got these corporations that are now invested in this now that the, the 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 large corporations are all um i know i'm politically hard to keep track of here but all the corporations and all the all the quote-unquote capitalism that's going on all this money that's getting thrown into this uh-huh it, that's where the momentum comes from now
1: Oh, yeah, it's for It's sure. too late.
0: It's too late. All these companies. So, have what do you want? What, is, what is Chris want? What do you mean, what do I want? I don't know. What the hell do you want? All you do is complain about this shit. <laughs> what I, does Chris want? I don't even want to talk about it here. Okay. I just, I'm just reporting on what happened. I'm just, if you want to know what yeah, no, I want. No,
1: no opinions. This is all just a what reporting. I want, huh? What
0: I want is yeah. I want to be left alone. Okay. That's it. I want to be left alone. I want to drive my 911. I want to be able to get an electric car in maybe 10 years and tootle around in that. I just want to be left alone, but well, I want It
1: sounds like this is working out for
0: you then. Uh technically no because I don't really like the restructuring of society as the core foundational reason for the majority of this happening.
1: Okay. Well anyways, let's move right along to a different story. Akio Toyota he's CEO and actually now, Toyota a, with a D okay let's, let's. so there's a story behind that that I don't remember but yeah the the name of the founder is Toyota and the name of the company is Toyota I right. think there was already a Toyota company at the time and so he just changed it to differentiate himself right. but anyways he's Change the CEO, he CEO <laughs> and grandson of Toyota's founder uh he held a second quarter financial presentation on Friday while discussing plans to electrify its entire lineup. During the presentation, he made some jabs at Tesla. Make jabs at Tesla, you will. (laughs) Yoda. I get it. I get it, Chris. Quote, what we have and what Tesla doesn't. You now, doesn't must, you now must
0: read the rest of this article as Yoda.
1: What we have and what te- no, because then I'd have to change out all the <laughs> verbs to the end and like we have it, do we not? Right? No. Okay. What we have and what Tesla doesn't. This is also translated, so they're little strange so it sounds like yoda anyways (laughs) yes exactly what we have and what tesla doesn't have is the units in operation more than 100 million vehicles out in the world tesla's business if i can say is a business is like a you can use an analogy of a kitchen and a chef i think the kitchen and the chef they have not created a real business yet or a real world yet but they're trying to trade the recipes and the chef is saying that, well, our recipe is going to become the standard of the world in the future. I think that's what the kind of business is that they have. Toyota, on the other hand, is a real kitchen and a real chef. Tesla okay. says it will build 500,000 cars this year, while Toyota annual sales is topping 10 million worldwide. You could almost
0: say, if we're going to be talking about chefs and food, I would say that Toyota is the McDonald's of car manufacture, and... uh Tesla is maybe, something I don't know. Weird. Weird. I don't, what so, it, something weird. Like, something weird. Some chicken place or something. There's all these little boutique chicken places that have popped up, you know, with the macaroni and cheese and the chicken. And what's the place that's here that's really good? <laughs> 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 it's so dumb.
1: You are so... Uh, what, what are you trying to get at? Chick-fil-A? What? No, not
0: Chick-fil-A. There's the place here. It's, they make custom chicken. I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> custom
0: chicken. I'm just saying it seems like Tesla's more of like a boutique chef place. Then, then Toyota seems more like McDonald's because they sell cars that are dumb and don't make anybody feel anything.
1: Yeah, to millions of people. Anyways, Toyota. Not went that on. Tesla
0: makes anybody feel anything, but like worship of Elon Musk either. I guess that's.
1: Regardless, he uh, went on and said,
0: and of course, maybe Tesla's like the little wafers you have when you have communion.
1: Why? <laughs> 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 you just stop? Hey, you picked this news just, article. Yeah, well, let me read okay, it Okay, go no, All right, so it went on to say, and of course, in looking at the current share price, we are losing against their valuation. But when it comes to the products, we have a full menu. That will be chosen by our customers. Yes, you too can have a Big Mac and a double <laughs>
0: cheeseburger. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that the valuation of Tesla doesn't come from uh, products. No. Okay. The valuation of Tesla comes from all from the what? stuff, all the stuff that they're going to do, or sh- or might do,
1: or which is or, ridiculous. Or or
0: yes, of course it is, but that's the way that a lot of valuations for these tech companies are.
1: Yeah, and it's dumb. Yeah, like if that, you dissolve the company, what's it worth? That's well, what of a valuation that, should that be. That
0: WeWork company, they have. N- They do the same thing. They are hugely overvalued based on what people think that their company is going to be anymore. Are they? I don't know if they tanked or not, but (laughs) if they did, they 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 well should have. Uh, But that's just the way that this this tech stuff works.
1: Well, speaking of Tesla, Tesla launched its own brand of tequila on Thursday. After so long as we've got some time to kill, I think I'll have a beer. We don't have no beer, just tequila. What what's tequila? It's like beer. Is it fattening? (laughs) Fattening? Forget it. If it's like bear, we'll have some. Three tequilas. Sure. Sure, amigos. Enjoy yourselves. I'll try not to get
0: into too much troubles, okay? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's... One tequila, two tequila, three tequila. Let's floor. Let's talk about why Tesla is valued at where it's valued Yeah, like, Go it's right because ahead. because of Tesla launching its own brand of tequila. On Thursday, after CEO Elon Musk had joked about doing so back on April Fool's Day in twenty eighteen. Musk <laughs> said then <laughs> that the company was looking to launch Teslaquila. Tesquila? Tes- Tesla Tequila. Okay, that's Kila. a terrible name. Yes it is. When Musk first tried to trademark the name Tesla Tequila in Mexico back in <laughs> October of 2018, the Tequila Regulatory Council argued that the name was too similar to Tequila, which is a protected word. Instead, Tesla Tequila was launched on the Tesla website at a price of $250 per bottle, shaped like a lightning bolt and held up by a stand, and they have sold out within hours. Of going live, everybody that has one of these
0: is putting them right next to their Elon Musk votive candle. <laughs> <laughs> you just know it, and I mean, they're
1: they, like Tesla short shorts. Oh and my the, god! And they're the flamethrower, yeah, the everything boring else. company flamethrower.
0: People and they're weird, man. I mean, that's that's where the valuation comes from. Is it is? It's about as close to a religion as you can get <laughs> without not without having tax exempt status. It is really <laughs> hey, maybe close. that's his next thing. What? Oh, it's just to a, actually just, make
1: it a full fledged religion just, and then I'm be- God. Pat.
0: I am no I'm I'm God. God. <laughs> I'm God. I'm Elon Musk. I, I'm going to no, different planets. I've, I've sent a car into space. I've made tequila. I've made flamethrowers. I do drill holes in the ground that go nowhere. I'm God. That's, well, it, no, they go
1: around six. in a circle. Yeah, in a that's, circle. yeah, that's right. what they do. Uh, Chris. BMW Motorrad, the automaker's motorcycle division, recently launched a near-production concept that is right up your alley. The definition, C-E-O-4 is an electric city scooter that looks like it's straight out of some 80s futuristic sci-fi movie. This thing looks pretty rad. It really does. It looks
0: like if anybody plays video games, which Uh I know some of our listeners probably do, it looks like it's from a game called Mass Effect, which is this, you know, future-scape place where everything's kind of like these white panels on everything. It looks very similar to something you'd find there. Yeah,
1: and it has this retro-futuristic graphics and like an orange windshield. Yeah, it's awesome. So BMW actually already makes something called the Sea Evolution, which is a traditional-looking all-electric scooter with uh, 99 miles of range and it retails for $14,000. What? Get, get out of here. Get out. Fourteen grand for a scooter. 13995 I believe. For a scooter. Yep. For a scooter. That's what the current one okay. is. This is just wow. the concept that you like. Fourteen grand. So the new concept takes that model further, expecting to offer better performance, range, and hopefully price point. Who buys a $14,000 scooter? I don't know. Holy crap. I wouldn't... Buy any
0: scooter. And Chris. Also, this
1: does nothing for me.
0: Why at all. would any scooter need to go 99 miles? Yeah, that's a good point. Can we maybe make it go 15 miles and then not have it be 14 grand? Yeah. Because anytime you're on a ruckus or anything like that, you're going three to five miles. Tops. Yeah. Right? You're really not. 99 miles where are you
1: going (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i just i do not like scooters the riding position basically what are you talking about you used to love scooters you used to restore scooters oh that was mopeds what's
0: the difference tell me the difference is a is a let me guess is a moped more like a small motorcycle where you put your feet on pegs and a scooters where you put your feet flat is that the difference yeah mopeds also have the, the pedal start Oh, that's right. That's the that's right. old school. Mopped. So is that the old, that's a defining
1: thing of mopeds? Yes. yes. No scooter has pedal start. No, correct. Okay, then it. it's not. And uh, scooters all look like you're sitting on a toilet taking a shit going down the freeway. Do you like Vespas? Oh, only because they're like retro cool.
0: I still really want to take a Vespa to um, Sturgis. Sturgis. <laughs> I want to get an old Vespa and it, it'll just be like, <laughs> it'll just be like <laughs> Dumb and Dumber <laughs> where Lloyd is, are just they're riding on that scooter and it's just it's <laughs> just Awesome! I just wanted—I just want to do it. I think it'd be fun. I think it would take forever to get there. Yeah, I don't. But I think it would be great. You plus, go, you could go drive for it. Plus, you could go drive around it. Sturgis on a Vespa, and everybody would think you're nuts. Um, yeah, something like that. You want to go? Nope. No? Come go on! Ahead. All right. All right, so Hyundai's Hyundai is fixed. Do you remember the, the smelly seats? Yeah, for
1: some reason, the seats in the, what was it? The, the
0: Hyundai Palisade. The, uh, right. One of the Hyundai technicians took a whiff of one car at the time, reportedly describing it as smelling like old worn socks, <laughs> <laughs> garlic breath, or outright foul. Old so onion rings was old, another descriptor.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. How old are your onion rings that okay. they start to smell? So are we right?
0: starting to get a picture of the demographic of a Hyundai Palisade owner here? Okay, you, <laughs> <laughs> You're looking in their kitchen. There's old socks on the floor. Yep. Maybe a box styrofoam container. Some old onion rings. Yep. So some rings of garlic hanging from the, like over the door. Well, they're scared of
1: vampires, Chris. I guess so. <laughs> um,
0: so there's nothing better than that new car spell. I'm going to read a little bit from the drive. Okay except when it resembles dirty laundry. Um, according to the technical service bulletin, uh, which we don't have access to, but Drive did uh, on the condition that they would not republish it in full, which is why I'm reading this because I can't go to Hyundai uh, to get I the actual TSB. I got you. Um,
1: The official procedure is, is to... Are you ready? Okay, so this is their fix. This is the, the official. This is the official fix from Hyundai. So this is the service bulletin that dealer technicians are getting. When someone comes in because their car smells like feet. Yep. This is what they do.
0: All right. The official procedure is to douse the foam inside the headrests with Febreze. (laughs) Specifically, specifically dealers are instructed to saturate the headrests' inner material with an off-the-shelf odor eliminator and spray some into the mounting holes on top of the seat back for good measure.
1: Wow!
0: Acceptable neutralizing agents include Febreze fabric refreshener surface cleanser, and ZEP air and fabric odor eliminator. In other words, stuff you can buy anywhere. Yeah. But the TSB outlines a specific procedure for opening up the underside of the headrest to expose the inner foam and advises affected owners to get the work done at a dealership to avoid <laughs> unintentional damage to the Napa leather surfaces or stitching. The TSB uh-huh. also states that if the first treatment does not work, the dealer should try a second treatment <laughs> using one of the other two approved products. It's that simple. Just
1: more for breeze. It's worth
0: noting that multiple owners reported trying this very treatment and found it ineffective in preventing the smell from coming back long term. Sure. Of course, when you have, when you're excuse me, when your dog takes a dump on the floor and you spray it with Febreze, it works for a little while, but, but then, then it comes you, back. What you need to do is you either replace the carpet or you need to like deep clean. You can't just spray Febreze on things. No. All that does is... I
1: don't know if Febreze also has any sort of enzyme neutralizers because that's where a lot of the smell comes from.
0: That's that, that's very, very true. Um, it's worth noting that multiple owners try blah, 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 but at least for this, this is this is the formal fix. For the Palisades wow. Smelly seats. Um, as it turns out, the drivers reported the smell either drove Palisade Limited or calligraphy models. Calligraphy—that's what I want. I want my car to represent. <laughs> I want my car to represent flowy writing from a time that's long dead. That's that's what I want. Yeah,
1: it's fancy handwriting. <laughs> yeah,
0: fancy handwriting. I okay. uh, wonder if there's a limited model, a calligraphy model, and a limited calligraphy model. That would be the one to have is the limited, the limited calligraphy, with, calligraphy with less letters. Than letters <laughs> it's <them>.
1: really limited. <laughs> Both of which
0: have the option for premium Napa leather seats. Maybe the problem is in Napa. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah. Maybe Obviously it's like it's some sort of out there.
0: Something's As Hyundai's team of professional sniffers investigated the issue, Point. they determined this smell was coming from the seat's headrest, <laughs> which corroborates <laughs> with a story from back June. A company spokesperson told us that there were slight variations in the manufacturing processes of the headrest. Now, what? what here's what happened. Okay. They're in Korea, Right. Okay. And they needed to source some foam. Okay. And they sourced the foam from the same place that all the stuff that exists in Harbor Freight exists. <laughs> the same factory. You ever walk into Harbor Freight and you're just like, Jesus, it smells like oppression and communism in here. Like, Doesn't it? The smell. It's the, the smell. weird
1: like packing oil on it, everything.
0: It's very strange. I've gotten stuff from Amazon. Yeah. Um, that's made in China. Where you take it out, it smells like fishy. Have you ever got anything no. like that? Just like any plastic. What are you ordering? It's just plastic toys and stuff like that, where it just smells gross. Like it's just a doll, and it's just like, oh, it just smells terrible. You end up sending it back. I'm wondering if it came from the same place. Yeah. Where you no. get your cheap tools, your dolls, and your headrests from sure. all from the same place?
1: Well, at least it's not a Mark IV with your cran. That doesn't smell bad. That just <laughs> smells unique. Yeah. That's all right. True. So tell me
0: about this the, the the official car for sale of the week. What have we got?
1: Yeah, so Chris, you can now buy a tank on Bring a Trailer. Okay. Yeah, So this is a what? 1940, 1943 M4A1 Grizzly, which is the Canadian version of the Sherman tank that was widely used by the Allies. And of course, in Canadians World just took
0: our tank and renamed it something so they could feel good about themselves. Yes. They,
1: so uh, make- it's a individual in I think California is selling this, and I don't know why he has a fully restored. Sherman tank, it's only one of a handful. They're still running. Right. Do you know what these they have made, for an they engine? They
0: thousands and thousands and thousands of these. I I'm know. surprised
1: that there aren't more. Supposedly not. So this uses a nine-cylinder. Can you imagine calling up O'Reilly?
0: Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, ha- I wonder if we have any. Uh, I, need I, I need spark plugs. <laughs> I need uh, some spark plugs. What kind of, what is it? It's a 1943, you know what? Here's the spark plug number. No, t- <laughs> tell me what it is. Just here's the spark plug number. It's a bpr ES. Uh-huh. Just tell me the make and model of the car. Well, it's a 1943 Sherman tank. Okay, well, just tell me the
1: number of the spark. <laughs> so these use a nine-cylinder radial engine, like you'd find on the front of an old airplane. Okay. It's wild. I don't know why. So it's positioned upright. It's what they had. In True. It's positioned upright in the back of the tank. Oh my god! Imagine how loud it must have been in there. And then there's actually a prop shaft going through the fighting. What do they call it? It's not a cabin. It's the fighting. Fighting center. <laughs> fighting I, compartment. The
0: fighting compartment. Yeah, I like that. So a okay.
1: drive shaft goes up through the fighting compartment to the transmission in the front. I'm
0: going to call that my my car's now has is has a fighting compartment. Well, that's Here, just sir, where your you like- kids are in the back. <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely <laughs> no this thing is just nuts and so th- you can watch this whole video of the owner like going through everything it still has the huge 75 millimeter turret gun on it that's been demilitarized and which i think means they just like fill it full of cement or something yeah yeah and then it has a 50 cal on top which has been converted to propane so you hit it and it uses propane to just go a, pop, 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 pop. yeah that's pretty rad yeah
0: i i would like to drive a tank So if anybody has a tank that they can let me drive, that would be great. (laughs) Um, One thing when I so it's on bring a trailer, and so
1: far it's at three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Hey, do you remember
0: that vehicle that sold uh, that we were talking about last week? The six wheeled Mercedes, yes, sold for nine hundred thousand dollars. Wow, with fifty thousand miles. So you could have multiple
1: multiple tanks for that.
0: Multiple tanks, probably. Well, we'll see where this Sherman thing goes. For true, and when I think of you know, it's fun to go. Oh, look at that tank! It's so cool. But what I think is important to remember is what is a tank.
1: Well, it's a weapon of war. It is a weapon of
0: death. Yeah. War is a very very uh copacetic way to put it. Okay. okay? It is a weapon of it death. It is a killing machine. It is a killing machine. It is and I just I thought about, you know, I you saw the movie Fury, right? With right. with Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt and Shia LaBeouf and yep. and a couple other well-known actors, great movie. And a lot of the time, a lot of the great scenes are inside the tank. Right. And I think of all the conversations that would happen inside of a tank. And I thought this one was
1: was pretty good. What we're doing here is a righteous act, gentlemen. You hear me, Gordo? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, this Bible verse I think about sometimes, many times, it goes, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, "Here am I? Send me!" And
0: the other day was Veterans Day. Yeah, it was. uh, It was I think yesterday or the day before. Anybody that got in one of these tanks, wow, is a fucking hero. Yeah. Okay, just getting in the thing and going out there, and you you can't see. No, you're just in this box, and they were
1: bullet trap, you know, bullet magnets
0: because. Everyone, absolutely horrifying, terrifying, not only for the men in it, but imagine being out on the, on the field, seeing it coming. Yeah. Absolute terror. And I have absolute respect and gratitude that is immeasurable for anybody that had anything to do with any of that. So I don't ever have to worry about it. True. Because I don't, I don't ever have to feel that fear. I don't have to have to, you know, hear bullets hitting the side of my tank as my heart races. And I think about my wife and kids back home. Yeah. Just, I can't, I cannot even imagine. Um, If you haven't seen Fury, incredible movie, worth a look. If you want a tank... There's one for sale on brand trailer. <laughs> uh, you can you can have that. Do you have anything else? What do we else? Anything that you want to
1: talk about? For uh, we got a couple quick stories we can cover. Yeah, let's let's roll through. Rivian, a couple more. Uh, their RT or R1T rather, it's going on sale next year, next summer. You can buy one. 75 okay. grand for their launch edition. Uh, this is of course the all electric pickup truck and SUV. What's interesting is they have a bed mounted swappable battery packs that'll be like an extended range feature. Oh, so I wonder if they're going to have different
0: things that you can put in there. Is, what else could go there? Is there anything? I don't, it, I don't know. Does it go like underneath the
1: bed? Is it kind of like slide in like where the bumper would be? Let me see. I'm going to see. Because all we have right now are patent drawings. And so it, no, it actually looks like a basically. Oh, it, the bed folds up, and so it is below the bed. Okay, so it's something that you add in later if you want to expand. Okay. That's my understanding. What's interesting, along the same vein, so Ford's F-150, we've been talking about this. They're, of course, coming out with an electric F-150. What they're doing is they're putting, for range extension, they're putting a generator in the back that basically looks like one of those big contractor toolboxes like that the you rigid can see. like the metal rigid exactly. box that's got
0: the lock on it yep
1: so that'll be basically a range extender generator that's going to be right there in the back of your f-150 what a terrible idea well i love that
0: idea why? why because you're reducing the truck bed size they're already a lot of these trucks don't already don't have a full-size bed
1: i know but i'd rather have a gas range extender than just Can't another we find a, heavy battery Can we find back.
0: a better place to put it surely we can find a better place. Obviously, we can't because they're hiding it in the box. But you yeah. think that we could well, find a... They, it,
1: that's why hybrids make so much more sense, Chris. It should have just been a hybrid from the onset.
0: Well, it is. The one that they, that's out there now is a hybrid. It's it yeah. like 24 miles per but gallon I, or whatever. Yeah,
1: but I, I guess what I want is a... It's not hybrid, but I want a built-in range extender, right? Right. Well, I want it to have full yeah, electric capability 100%. and then a built-in range extender. Yeah, that's, that's what makes
0: the most sense. That's what makes the most sense for all cars. Exactly. But, but we can't do that because... We've somehow been convinced by um, Lord Musk that <laughs> that it's it's heresy it's heresy to speak of the past okay yeah. it's heresy to go well no we well, it seems we like already half, had that
1: it seems like a half measure too, we've already right? done it.
0: yeah well we've already been there the Prius we did that it's over with you know we don't need to do any hybrid stuff that's the past the future is all electric believe me come with me take my hand buy my tequila buy my <laughs> buy my votive candles you know open your mouth and take it. <laughs> On that note, we will see you guys (laughs) on Monday. Take care.